As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, a really good one for you folks. Oh. We're going to dig deeper into this Harden mm. uh, to the 76ers conspiracy. Yet deeper. And why actually the 76ers may not be the team that the Nets should fear. Mm. And then we're going to dig into uh, everything that the Nets could get using Dinwiddie's trade exception. We're going to rank all the names of all the possible players and update you all on the hottest, spiciest trade deadline rumors. Classic. This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. To the glue guys, this is Mike Airsale. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys, NetsDaily.com, The Athletic. Get yourself behind that paywall, TheAthletic.com slash glue guys. Ryan, Michael. By the way, did you know that BetMGM is now live in New York? Whoa. Organic advertising here. There's also a special New York deal. That can also uh, be mentioned here, which I'm, I'm literally anchormanning copy. I'm suspicious I'm of this being organic. <laughs> I'm very suspicious. Place your first bet of $10 on any football game with BetMGM and win $200 regardless of the outcome of your bet. Here's the promo code. Athletic NY. Athletic NY. Get yourself behind that gambling wall. Nice. Brian. <laughs> Michael. Uh, exciting, exciting show for you today. Okay. Um, All right. I think some people know we love basketball. Okay. But we love humans more. Yeah. Or do you? Do you love basketball? I was going to say, I was going to stop you right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because I think this James Harden issue is really a human issue. Okay. And someone brought something forward to me on Twitter. Okay. And it's something that I completely agree with when considering James Harden and why maybe there's some discord and disconnect. Okay, and and this is so from the Jake Fisher story that we've talked about before. Yep. But from the Jake Fisher story, uh, Jake Fisher 
points out that, wait, hold this on. This is the quote. Is this yes. friend of the show, Jake Fisher? Friend of the show, Jake Fisher. Yeah. Newsbreaker, Jake Fisher, friend of the show. Uh, he says about Harden, his new city could also be an issue. According to multiple sources, Harden has not enjoyed living in Brooklyn compared to his days as a central Houston magnate. Outside of the change in climate, the chasm between state taxes in New York versus Texas is quite obvious as well. Well, I, I, I've been tweeting some conspiracy theories about that, which I'll get into. But one of our listeners, Young Guapo BK on Twitter, Ooh, uh, said this at me. Harden has seasonal affective disorder. Mm. And as someone who actually does have, I, I, I self-diagnose <laughs> of course, seasonal. Of course you do. <laughs> seasonal, actually, no, I get it. That makes uh, affective disorder. If you don't know what that is, it's like you get sad when it gets cold. That's yeah. the uh, that's the brass tax of it. Um, I get the I opposite. That's right. I, I have the, well, I guess it's Ooh. still seasonal effect. I just like, I don't like the summer because. You get happier? I, I, I resent the summer because there's the expectation that I, I should be outside and everything that I want to do is indoors and it's always been that way and that's not going to change. And so the pressure to go outside <laughs> is worse in the summer. And so I feel worse about myself. Whereas there must in the winter, be some Viking yeah. blood in your body. So some, some, some Viking Egan's in the past We I, we do have a lot of Neanderthal genes and <laughs> it's true. My, my <laughs> dad got a, 20, a, test, got a 23, <laughs> I have large, you know, forearms and calves. Thick, thick thighs. It's a it's an Neanderthal <laughs> thing. A Neanderthal <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. Um. So, so it's kind of fun. This Jake Fisher report is is really the best one in terms of from James Harden's side. I, we have other pieces of information that have come out since we last did a podcast. The the biggest one being Woj. Woj report. I think it was two days ago that the Nets won't listen to trade deadline overtures for James Harden. A resolve rooted in Harden's repeated instances to ownership and management that he's committed to staying and winning a championship. With the franchise, Chris Haynes has updated that uh, really it's not just Daryl Morey in Philly; it's also the uh, co-owner of the team, Michael Rubin, who's quote very, very, very good friends with James Harden. So there's a lot of information. <laughs> I really out there liked how through. fast like somebody got together a statement from Nets management to be like, no, but no, and then have that be passed through through Woj. I, that was no, yeah, yeah, because if people don't know. If Woj is reporting something, it's from Sean Marks. Mm-hmm. If if Shams is reporting a Nets thing, it's usually coming from the players. Like classically, people mm. assume it's Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving that's literally feeding information to Shams. It's, it's the yin and the yang of, I don't know. of the media puppets. To, uh, not to call them puppets, but the strings to pull. How dare you? Sorry. Friend of the show, Shams Sharania. I didn't mean media it that maestros. Way. Maestros. Come on. Those Either, are the con- those are the different conduits, though. If you want, if your management, you go to Woj. If your players, you go to Shams. That's how that's how it works. Who's Mozart and who's Soli- Salieri? Salieri is the <laughs> yeah Salieri. Good. I think Woj is Salieri. Did you right? watch he... Amadeus lately or something? Is this? No, I just, heard someone just else on a podcast use resonated that with that it. Sounded smart. It does it does sound? I, yeah, I was like, that was where did that come from? <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> got him! Got him! No, no, no! Unpack that. You think <laughs> that I couldn't come up with that reference by myself? You, you just did, you just admitted you didn't. But, yeah, but you should have believed yeah. that I had the intelligence and the right. knowledge of orchestral history to know that I could pull that off. Fair enough. You're right. Okay, fair enough. Um, Brian, can you? I want you to, to do something with me okay. for a second. Thought exercise. Talk directly to James Harden right now. We know James Harden listens to the podcast. Okay. Okay. Explain to him what winters are like in Brooklyn and how they get better. Oh, I mean, this is easy. It's just teeing up the best feeling in the whole world which is 
actually needing to just wear a windbreaker. This is, that's really the, like there's one, there's wearing a windbreaker when you don't have to, when you're inside or something, but on a, just a crisp spring day where you actually just need just a windbreaker. Can't beat that. Especially after coming out of the doldrums, you know, it's, um, it's impossible to replicate and, and you just have to live it. Maybe he didn't experience it. Maybe he was, it was too new of a city last year for him to let that really like land. You know, he was just being shipped around. It came just hot off the jet from, from Houston. No time COVID to settle was in. Really, COVID was ripping. done with COVID. COVID was ripped. <laughs> Back roaring. then it was, it was COVID was roaring all the, all the quarantining uh, and all of that. And, and here's the thing. So James Harden's life, he grew up in Los Angeles. He went to Arizona state. Which I've been to Arizona State. It is pristine. Like the climate hot. is pristine. I hear it's hot. 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 It's really yeah. hot down there. Yeah. Hot coffee. Uh, then he goes to Oklahoma City, which does get cold, but it's a different. It's does just it get cold? How cold does it get? What's the deal with? There's just, there's the weather in like Oklahoma. Here? Yeah, there, there's snow. Does it? Is it I feel like it's like. Does it dump? Does it dump? Dump dump. Snow? What do you mean snow? Oh, I yeah. thought you meant is the place a dump dump? Is it a dump dump? And, no. Is it, does it? No. Does it snow heavy in Oklahoma? Heavily. <laughs> Got yeah, him. it does snow there, um, but not a ton. And then he goes to Houston, which is obviously one of the warmer locales you could be in the NBA. So he has lived his life not really having seasons, you know, not experiencing the joy, the transition from the, the doldrums of winter into the awakening of spring, right? The beauty that is New York <laughs> springtime. I'm thinking, <laughs> like, like, do you think he watches You've Got Mail? Yes, And I he do. sees... He sees the so I. See, I think he watches You've Got Mail as a to as an aspiration or like an example of a body to strive for in Tom Hanks. That's where he. That's where he takes his. <laughs> so let me ask you this: yeah. So we've had the Space Jam sequel. Okay. Ooh, yes. You've Got Mail two starring James Harden. <laughs> Sorry, James Harden. Sign me up. I don't even know who who's the female lead. I don't even care. Is, Me, is Meg Ryan still? Is Meg? Is that what it is? Tom Hanks's character has died. Yeah. Die tragically by COVID, <laughs> frankly. Sorry. Or you just have Dave Chappelle step in. You, you remember I, Dave I Chappelle's think, in that? Yeah, Dave Chappelle's on the treadmill, yeah. like the 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 best friend. Um, I don't think Fox Books. I think they were Republicans, so I'm going to guess that they did not take the vax. So he dies of wow. COVID. <laughs> it's a dark wow. turn. Yeah. It's like and just like that, the new Sex in the City. He dies on a Peloton. Okay. Not to ruin. Oh, I just ruined another show. No, everyone knows about that. That was like the big headline. Anyways, let's get back on track. Yeah. So just, just James, like I, so this is a sympathetic sort of screed to him. And I, I really do sympathize. It's tough in the winter. You know, it, it's been a lot of cold days in a row. Is it snowing out right now in Brooklyn? It's snowing here. In you know Washington, what I think he's also DC. bummed out about is that he's, it's not only just winter. It's like it's winter and he's dieting super heavy, you know, like he, you know, he's like on his diet. You can tell. Which he's is playing with James Johnson and you know, Bruce Brown. He's not playing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. If you're guys like us and it's sweater season, like pfft, here comes the white rice, Mike. Here comes the starch. Here comes the brie cheese. <laughs> here comes the, the brie dips. with a northern spy and a dollop of white rice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're going in. I really hope people continually listen to each of our episodes and to really get <laughs> all, of, all of what you just said. Yeah. Um, the, the Brian charcuterie plate, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh, James, I understand. It is very hard. It is it is hard in the winter. But just think forward. It's going to be March. It's going to get nicer. Kevin Durant's going to be back. Joe Harris, your boy Joe Harris, who's going to get you an extra two assists per game because he's going to be wide open from three. He's going to hit those shots. He'll be back. 
Nick Claxton will be here, and maybe there'll be reinforcements in the terms of a trade. One other thing before we get to the trade component. There was another piece about the taxes here that, <laughs> that James Harden's upset about the difference in state taxes between New York, which is the this, highest of the nation, this, this part, and Texas, really. which is zero. Um, or like, I don't know, it's state taxes are zero on income. Uh, Brian, what did you feel about that? This is how I knew whatever the source was, was like, and no disrespect, but it's some like squirrely, financially illiterate friend from Texas. That's the only kind, those are Texas. <laughs> All of those claims are just like, I have never sniffed New York and I'm from Texas and these are, and I read this and I've been hanging out on foxnews.com a lot, hitting the, hitting yes. the comments section. The taxes are terrible. And how cold is it in New York? Like, come on guys. It is like, it is the, New York is the center of the known universe. People let's, let's stop. I, I'm not trying to say this to blow smoke up anyone's butts here. You know, I'm sure plenty of people here, New Yorkers and New York supporters, but let's be, it's, it is the center of the known universe. I hate to say it, but it's true. Houston, Texas is not, and it's also prohibitively hot and humid in Houston, Texas. Let's let's, if we're, if we're going to fire shots, across the, the bow, you know, I can, I can do that too. Um, but Houston like Houston in French is Satan's butthole. People don't really, that's how go. it's got state. And the idea, I mean, also for the taxes thing, it's pretty well documented that there are financial benefits aplenty to being one of the most high profile professional athletes in the most populous cities in America. There is a a pretty clear financial benefit to that. I, I, I'm sure everyone is aware of that. I don't know. Maybe not, but, um, you get a lot of, you get a lot of deals, Mike, you wield it, you make up for it. It's pretty easy. Yeah. There, there's a great earnings potential to being a championship player yeah. in Brooklyn. And the funny thing is like that, this information, I'm not doubting that Jake Fisher, like he's not making this up. Someone on James Harden's or in his orbit is is telling Jake Fisher this, or he's hearing. Oh, this is no disrespect to Jake Fisher. It's no. just some weird but, friend from Texas got a hold of Jake Fisher, and Jake Fisher's reporting on it. Here's a little bit of a conspiracy theory, but also a, a signal of concern, right into the future. Okay. So if he's concerned about climate and taxes, Philadelphia will not solve those issues. Not even close. Philadelphia is is the same climate. Essentially, they're about to hit, get hit with, with a nor'easter just the same. They're about to get, they get wallop. a bomb cyclone. They get wallop just the same. I'll tell you a place, though, that I would be concerned if, as the Nets that I would be concerned about. Hit me. Drop that it. James Harden could go to. Okay. If he wants a, a hot climate and he wants low taxes like Texas, Miami, Florida, a team that has attracted superstar players before. One of the destination franchises in the NBA run by a guy named Pat Riley. I don't know if you've heard of him, Brian. Look mm. him up. Google him on, on, on YouTubes. Um, if, if like This is like if he actually cares about weather and taxes, that's where you want to go. And, and, but the thing is about Miami, their culture of like, hey, you have to actually work out. I don't know if that like fits with James Harden's sort of like, oh, I'm going to work myself into shape by the time january rolls around like i don't know if miami would be completely satisfied with the the doughy version of james harden that arrives at the beginning of the season can i i'm really i'm i'm thinking about it right now like i really can't imagine it mattering less about like the weather is just such a lame <laughs> <laughs> like how much time are these guys at, like they're being chauffeured from location to location to play in indoor gyms and arenas around and then when they're like when they're home, they're just sleeping. Like what? I I just can't possibly imagine a world in which 
the weather matters this much. Is he is he James Harden really choosing climate over championships? Is that is he going to be the first cli- is he going to be the climate change? MVP? How much how much time do you think a Miami Heat player on average spends at the beach? Like are they go- are we really hitting the beach as a Miami Heat player? I will tell you this. I talked to David Fisdale once <laughs> okay. for an interview, and this was so he had, it was after his Knicks job, so he didn't have a coaching job. And I call him up. He's living in Miami because that's where he had coached for many years. I call him up and he's like, is it okay if I just do this interview on the beach? And why that's important is that because as the coach of the Miami Heat, I'm sure he really didn't get to be on the beach. Right. Even as like an assistant coach in Miami. Right. He basically was just. Now he's taking all of his calls. He's making up up for lost time. Yeah. So he was like, I'm going to do this interview, but there's going to be waves crashing in the background and I'm going to enjoy my life. There's a. um Fizdale, a great guy. I, forget, I think it's like, a Jerry Seinfeld bit person. where his like the goal in his life is to just be sitting on a back porch somewhere with a glass of you know peach iced tea and have a, an old rotary telephone where when somebody calls he just answers and says no to whatever it is and just <laughs> just puts it down. <laughs> That's it. You know who yeah. Rick Rick Rubin is, the music producer. Yeah. So Rick Rubin every day, it's part of his life. He has to spend his feet have to be in the sand for at least an hour a day. <laughs> not just like people who say shit like that i I just don't he says it i know i i believe he says it i don't believe he fucking does it (laughs) i believe he fucking does it he's rick rubin man he's you know a god of music and he like he's talked about when i do jobs part of the job is like can i get to a beach and be able to walk around on a beach for an hour i'm like what what level of success must you have in your life like i to attain the hour beach pass yeah, is something I would like to get to at some point in my life. These are the people who just don't care about ha- having good cellular service. You know, have you ever, you know, you reach to one of these pillars of success and you're like, I don't, it doesn't matter that I have good service or not. That's, <laughs> is that where you want to get That's where I want to get to. Not care about your <laughs> bars. <laughs> I'm just, I am chained to the bars. Like, not those bars. All right. Let's, let's do this. Let's, coming back, we're going to talk Nets trade rumors and we're going to do the work for Sean Marks. We're going to tell him who the Nets should use in their designated player exception trade Dinwiddie thing. Nice. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, (laughs) I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. And it's the best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. 
Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we're back, Brian. Hey, okay. First, I want to update you on this little bit of uh, a nugget from Mike Scotto. Hoops hype, friend of the show. I don't think he's ever been on, but he's a friend of the show. Okay. All right. This is what he's, he, he has a podcast for Hoops hype and they do a great thing on Hoops hype where they verbatim mm. like parts of the pod so that you can get the news from the podcast. And I really appreciate it. It's, it's a, it's a, a charity item okay. that they send out to the basketball masses. Here's what he had to say about Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. Brooklyn wants an asset of some kind for Paul Millsap, whether it's another veteran or a future second round pick. Okay, we'll see about that. He said, keep an eye on Bruce Brown as a trade chip. His minutes and role has have fluctuated this year. Javon Carter is another name to watch. I think Javon Carter must be thrown around like all over the league at this point, and no one at all is like, yes, can I have that guy on my bench, right? I think- J- Javon Carter yeah. understands the play. He's he's marketing for him. Do you see his Instagram story where he like no. posted a mixtape of himself being like, and it's just a, like most underrated player in the NBA? Or something like that. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Was he wearing a Brooklyn jersey? Yeah, it was like a, a like, Nets. It was he like posted a Nets mixtape. Someone had made a Nets mixtape. It's possible Javon that Carter. he made his own. It's possible he made his own mixtape and posted it on his channel, and it was like you know the Instagram like Comic Sans font of just like most underrated player exclamation point question mark. You know, that- Javon Carter is the ultimate process over results but his process is still wrong like in his head he must think i'm taking threes i don't care if they go in or not it's the process of taking threes it's the process you know the result are clunkers it's like it's like poker you know you don't you don't assess the outcome you assess the decisions mike that's what you do um the last line from mike scotto nets have gotten calls on joe harris and nick claxton but i don't expect those guys to be moved Unless they're packaged for a star or really high caliber starter, the Nick Claxton piece about that mm-hmm. he wouldn't just be moved just to be moved mm-hmm. is, I think, is a little bit of news though. It's been said in other places. I will say the inclusion of putting Joe Harris and Nick Claxton together—if you did that in a trade that gets you to about twenty million—you know, we could go down the list of those names, and maybe we will. It does get you a pretty interesting piece that you could add to this team. But I still think, like, so there was another report. I forget who it was from. The, the Nets are looking for shooting. Like yeah. one of the things that they're looking for. Oh, it was Brian Windhorst who said the Nets are trying to figure out a way to get more shooting on the team. Mm. Um, like Joe Harris is that basically. Like you know they're going to get Joe Harris, then maybe another bench piece, and we'll talk about a guy who I think the Nets could get. Okay, who would be that bench piece? Are the Nets going to get anything from Paul Millsap, Brian? It's a tough spot to be in. Um, I don't. You know, I really got to think about Paul Millsap as like I kind of question that decision from his perspective. If he act, if he was, I'm assuming he's the one that initiated a trade request of some kind. I don't know that you're going to get even in his in his situation. I'm not sure you're going to get to a better play. I mean, unless he just wants to play, it's like I don't care where I play. If I'm just playing, that's what I'll, that's what I'm here for. And hey, that's I respect it, but um. I don't know that there is a, based on what we've seen this season, another contender that is in need of that particular skill. We'll call it a skill set. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. What's the, I mean, like, where's his I think, optimal? I think, a, I think, like, a really protected second round pick is possible. And, like, I, I do my, think But my point is, like, where, who gives up an asset for him and his, it, with his contract being, you know, what it is? Like, you, you need basically a, somebody who's in a very similar position to the Nets who is looking to, uh, shore up their bench with veteran presences. I don't know. I can see like the Nuggets because they already had him, and that they would, could basically that would be say, funny to just go right "Yeah, there. like they like we'll take him back." Obviously, at this point, and hey, how about that Nuggets, Nuggets would... game? Did you watch that Nuggets game? Yeah, are the Nets better without KD, Kyrie, and James Harden? How, Brian, what percentage of people thought when you tweeted that 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 was a real all ma- of them? Yeah, all of no <laughs> Some. significant. Some. Yeah, enough enough that concerns me desperately. Yeah. Okay, here's the game, Brian. The basics of what we're doing is the Nets have a an eleven point five million dollar trade exception due to the sign and trade deal that they made with four other teams to send Spencer Dinwiddie to Washington. Eleven point five million dollars is one of the highest trade exceptions that are currently right now in the NBA, and the way it works is the Nets can only bring in a player that is making less than eleven point five million dollars in the final year of their contract, meaning this is the last year of their contract, or they can bring in multiple players who are all on the last deal of their contract. When you add all their salaries up together, it equals $11.5 million. Now, I'm pretty sure I didn't look this up, but I'm just going to say I'm pretty sure um, that the Nets can't, uh, the, w- if the Nets add a guy for like, let's say $11.5 million, it then impacts their salary tax payments by times by three. Like it, it's like adding a whole new salary. It's not like the Nets are, um, basically it would be super, super expensive to add someone with that. The reason why we're having this conversation though, is that it seems like within this James Harden hubbub, um, there's some indication from Harden's side that maybe they're slightly dissatisfied with the way, not that the team's been run. There's just some dissatisfaction between Harden and management on some level. We don't know what that is. We don't know what the, the thing is, there's been reports, I think, that like he's not too happy with Kyrie playing half the games, but Kyrie, like, that's nothing for the Nets to do at this point. That's the it, most like self-explanatory thing ever, though, right? I mean, at some point, it had to start pissing people off. I don't know. Anyways, let's not get lost in the sauce. Well, yeah, yeah. So, but I think what could be part of it is, and we saw this for years with LeBron James in Cleveland. Guys who are going for the championship want the owners to max out every possible avenue to increase the team's odds of winning a championship. The Nets decreased their odds of winning a championship by not retaining Spencer Dinwiddie in the offseason. The Nets could have made any offer they wanted to Spencer Dinwiddie. They could have signed him for the exact amount of money that the Wizards did. And Dinwiddie, maybe he would have taken it, but they probably could have even given him a little bit more cash. And Dinwiddie would have stayed. They didn't. Because it would have cost Josiah like an extra $80 million a year to have Spencer Dinwiddie on the roster. The, so very everyone understands why he's not on the roster, whether you agree with it or not. But it would have cost Josiah so much money with salary and luxury tax. It didn't happen. Now the Nets have this other thing because of the Dinwiddie sign-in trade. $11.5 million for a guy in the final year of his contract. If the Nets make a deal to fill in that trade exception, with any player, it would it would be salary times three would also then be this luxury tax. That is a lot of money for Joe side to take a guy and we're going to name the names. And you're going to be like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to spend $40 million on this dude. But if you're James Harden, 
you say, I'm here to win a championship. I'm committed. I will be committed to you. You, Josiah, need to do everything you can to improve this team. And the names we're going to read would help the team's bench, I think. It wouldn't solve all crises going on, but it would help the team's bench. So here's what we got. Mike, can I just interrupt you to say, I'm, yes, you're, you're very impressive. This is, that was great. That was really nice and thorough. It was almost like, yeah, that scripted. That was, you're a real the talent. The time I was stressed, I was going to forget what I was no, saying. you're a real talent. Was fall that was great. Okay. Here's the first name. Okay. So all I did was go on Hoops Hype. I looked at player salaries, guys who have one year left and went down from 11.5 and down. Jeremy Lamb is making about, I think, $10 million. Jeremy Lamb pays for the Indiana Pacers. It's already been reports out there that they would like to get rid of Jeremy Lamb. Uh, he's he's scoring seven points per game, two and a half rebounds, one assist, shooting 37 from the field, 33 from three, and 88 from the free throw line. He's been a better three-point shooter than that over his career. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have an injury, I think, to begin the season or some point in the beginning of the season. Um, he's a wingy, 3-and-D bro. I don't know. I mean, I'm bringing up the Jeremy Lamb. Are you seeing the Jeremy uh, Lamb we're seeing, reference? We're seeing the reference. I'm surprised that he doesn't have a nickname by now. He's been in the league long enough that he should have, and his name is has a noun in it, which usually you get, you know, lamb chop, some some in there. Oh, lamb chop, <laughs> like the puppet, you know. Um, yeah, like the puppet. Like everyone, the puppet. Everyone at home is like saying <laughs> like the puppet. Um, yeah, so I. He, he probably played with Kevin Durant in OKC. He started his career the first three years. He was part of, I'm pretty sure, the James Harden trade. He was the pick that Houston made that was sent to OKC that was part of the James Harden deal. Um, Do you know what he was? Yes. When I think of the Indiana Pacers or I think of like, I think of Jeremy Lamb when I think, I think of like a sort of personality less like wing. That's who like might have complete lack of personality might have had a good scoring year at some point. And you're like, what year was that? Where was he? That was, that's what I think of when I think of the NBA Pacers. That was the year when he scored 15 points per game in Charlotte, (laughs) having to be going right into his free agency. And then he's had a steady decline since then, but he is at like his optimal level at this point in his career. He's, you know, a 36% three point shooter who has some length, he does fill a role that like Kessler Edwards is doing now, but he wouldn't be the worst guy off the bench. But I think we're going to find more intriguing options. But he's a guy who could probably just like the Nets could throw in a second round pick and you get Jeremy. Lane. He's like, hey, are you do you guys missed TLC? Well, how about the <laughs> eight year vet version of that? <laughs> you know, um, would you pay 40 million dollars? Jeremy Lamb? I am not ready to. I'm open to other offers. Let's if there's anyone else on this list. So Tomas Sanaransky's on the list. Mm. He doesn't even play for the Pelicans. I used to like him a lot in Washington. He was like the like underground like fanboy club for yeah. Wizards fans at one point because he's it's like six eight or something. He's a point guard that tall, uh, but he doesn't even play for the Pelicans. Yeah, is that, that because he's been politicked out of it? You know, has he does he have a um, a fiery European disposition that keeps him off the court? I'm not sure. I mean. The, do you know that younger, the really small guard that they're playing now? He's like, he's barely six foot. He looks like he weighs 150. Yeah. So him and Embiid, I don't even know his name, yeah. but him and Embiid got in like an argument and they both got technicals. And Embiid came out and said, I'm going to pay his fine because he doesn't make a lot of money. <laughs> and I felt bad for him getting the tech because it was really my fault, which is kind of, a, I, a, I mean, a, I love Joel Embiid. That's boss energy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's boss yeah. energy. 
Kyle Anderson, slow-mo from the Memphis Grizzlies, playing 22 minutes per game, eight points, five rebounds, two assists. Now, the thing about it, he shoots 44% from the field, 35 from three, and 66 from the free throw line. His career is 34% three-point shooter, but he's not like a, he doesn't really shoot the three. Last year, he shot the ball about four times a game per, per three. But basically, throughout his career, he just shoots one shot per game. It's so a weird a outlier shooter. season, though, that they just let him do that, like triple time. his output. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And he's thirty six percent. You know, that's like a decent percentage. Pretty, it's pretty I will good. Say, I mean, having shot twenty eight percent the year before, come on. I've always liked Kyle Anderson. Like, I like. I mean, scroll up. Can we just admire his head for a second? You know, I don't like to talk about yeah, people's absolutely. physical appearance, but my god, what <laughs> a head. He, He's from Jersey City, went to St. Anthony's. Isn't that where mm-hmm. Kyrie went? Uh, I think he went to St. Patrick's, I believe. Oh, you're right. So one of the Saints. Apologies. One of the Saints. Um, but he's from the area. Uh, he's 28 years old. He's 6'9", 230. He is the slowest, chunkiest guy in the league. You know I'm a sucker for slow and chunky. That's why I love chowder. Cottage cheese. Cottage cheese. <laughs> um <laughs> He's intriguing, but like the thing about him is like, the, do the Nets need a slow, chunky, like skilled forward? They have about twelve of those. They yeah, have, yeah. The scoring Blake is basically that. I don't even. Yeah, I'm just looking at this like list of people. I'm like, what? What is? What is the needs? We're gonna get to it, but I, I have a person in mind. But um, all right. I Next like I like is, Kyle Anderson. Of the names on this list, like as just an entity, I like him maybe the most. I'll just put that out there. Now, the thing is that we have to provide context. So he's playing 22 minutes per game for the Grizzlies, who are one of the better teams in the Western Conference. So, like, why are they, yeah. you know, making that deal, right? But he's on the list because maybe the Nets could give them Bruce Brown and maybe Paul Bruce Brown. Millsap? <laughs> be, could you be more enticed? <laughs> Former All-Star? <laughs> yeah. so Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka, who remember how desperately... We had wanted Serge Ibaka on this team last year. We were when it was we like were horny for Serge. There was the report from uh, Ian Begley of the Friends of Kevin Durant, the FOKs, the mm-hmm. Fox. The Foxes were going to come, the Fockers, a storm Brooklyn and join Kevin Durant. And I think it was just Jeff Green. Um, but we all hoped it would be Serge Ibaka. He took a much higher paying gig with the Clippers. He was good last year. He's really good last year. I'll scroll down to his statistics. Mm. 11 points per game. Well, he wasn't that good. 34% from three. Uh, this year, though, he's playing just 15 minutes per game. He's he's really a non-factor. He is shooting 40% from three, but on two attempts. Uh, he doesn't do the things that you remember Serge Ibaka doing. There's been a lot of claims about his age situation, and as he gets older, you could, there's just no... There's just no way he's 32 years old. <laughs> yeah, no but Ryan, how old are we? I, I'm, that's my point. I'm 34. There's no way that guy's two years younger than me. If he, I think, I think we look pretty old. I think we, now that we look, you know, but I, I, I think if you put us on basketball reference, we'd feel we'd look old. We lived some hard years there, Mike. We, we were going hard. <laughs> <laughs> Doc holidays. Do you, do, do you want any portion of Serge Bach? Because I'll just straight out say I don't. I mean, I think like. He is another in a line of the Blake Griffin, Paul Millsap at this point. True, like he is true. Yeah, he don't is be, It's tempting. Spent. It's tempting because that's where that's the that's the bargain bin we've been poking through. But um, no, you're right. It does feel like another uh, another version of that. Um, next up, Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson's averaging 15 minutes per game for the Sacramento Kings. 
He's averaging a, a solid six and five. A hundred percent from three, Brian. Mm, Best good. three point shooter in the league. I think numbers. he's taken probably one three. He's taken one three. Um, Tristan Thompson, I've always been fascinated with him, both uh professionally and, and privately. personally. Yeah. Uh, privately. Yeah, I guess it's private, but not that private. Um, he is a burly boy. He is a frustrating player uh, to play against at times. He had been earlier in his career. Now he's he's less frustrating. I mean, he's not really uh, getting a bunch of burn in Sacramento. He would probably be very gettable at this point. Uh, he, the, the element that I do want to bring up, Brian, we don't like to get personal in this podcast. That's really not what we no. do. But uh, Tristan Thompson, uh, I don't know if you know this, he used to date Khloe Kardashian. I do know this. You know who also used to date Khloe Kardashian? James Harden. Oh my gosh, I forgot. James Harden, I don't know if people that remember. That was brief though. Wasn't it very brief? Well, here's an amazing quote from Khloe Kardashian that I need to pull up, but I'll, I'll just remember it from verbatim. Okay. okay? Yeah. So <laughs> I'll just remember it from the fact that I I don't want to make too yeah. light of this part, okay. but- when Lamar Odom was in a coma and he was still technically married to Khloe Kardashian, but remember they had some, there was a separation there to begin with. I mean, they were, they were separated. They, they, they drifted apart before the coma. Yeah. 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 Um, an Oxford coma. Um, <laughs> that's a vampire weekend reference. Um, <laughs> Chloe was dating, started dating James Harden while Lamar was in a coma. And they only dated for a few months, and that was it. And Chloe had an amazing quote on her show. Some she had some late night show called like Keeping Up with Chloe or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she talked about her relationship with James Harden by saying, "I told James we do not have to be monogamous. I'm in Los Angeles. You are in Houston. We don't need to be monogamous. We can live our life, and when we're together, we're together." But he wanted to be monogamous, but then he also wanted to cheat on me. Mm. <laughs> like, I mean, one I love. I love Khloe Kardashian, and I love the honesty there. Um, it's called cook. It's a cuckoldry relationship. That's what that's called. Is it? A- so I don't know how Tristan Thompson. <laughs> I don't know how Tristan Thompson would feel about, or James Harden would feel about playing. I don't know if there's like a a beef between the two. Of you know, typically two men who sh- who who have been lucky enough to be in Khloe Kardashian's presence. Oh, you think would- that's going to cause them to to have strife? a? They'll like have to yeah headbutt each other. So I don't couple think it's going to work. Yeah. A couple of Maybe stags. They're Maybe they're friends. Don't know. I think they'll be fine. I think that was a pretty, I don't know. That's, it didn't seem like a very serious romance between you. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's some real beef there. Who knows? No, I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. Okay. This is the most intriguing name on the list to me. Um, Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell is averaging 25 points per game, 14.72 from the, from the floor, 65% from the field. Um, he is... About as automatic from around the bucket as it gets, even though he's only like six five. Uh, he is an energized. He's a bundle of energy, and this team needs a bundle of energy. They need a little bit of a motor. Now the thing is, Harold's had many more parts in his career where it seems like he gets in fights with people in the locker room—not physical fights, but like emotional fights—because he has so much energy. Mm. Um, he has also played with James Harden in the past. If we remember, he started on Houston where Harden basically kind of made his career to start, and then he was added into the Chris Paul trade that sent him to the Clippers, and he was with the Clippers for a a while before now he's in Washington. So Washington is fighting for a playoff spot. 
Harrell is a highly, you know, highly valuable player for them in terms of points. He's only averaging 25 minutes per game. I think I don't the the Wizards, I don't know if you know this. The Wizards fans are like pretty sick of this team. Um, I did. I they, didn't. I didn't know that they were sick of the team. I, I thought they would be sick of people. Don't people fall in and out of love with Montrez Harrell? That's my understanding of it. A hundred percent. He's the guy who gets is really exciting for a moment, mm-hmm. and then you're done with him. But I think the Nets could harness that moment. Um, I like the idea of like a really effective lane operator as a big. You know, Nick Claxton. We all hope he can be the screen and roll big, and he can be it sometimes. LaMarcus is a pick and pop. The thing about Harold is that he just can't play defense. He just doesn't. He like he the thing that kills him and the things that knocks him out of playoff series is that he always gets exposed defensively. He always has put up buckets. He's always been hyper efficient, but he cannot play defense. And like, let me ask you, would you want to add a, a big on this team that can't play any D? I'm pretty blown away by the fact that he averaged in 63 games in, in 2019 and 2020, 18 points. That is pretty hard to do for a dude with that skill set. I'm impressed. I hadn't realized it was that high. And and it's zero reliance on threes. He's not a good free throw shooter. He's like, okay, but not good. He's averaging about like 65% over his career. It's all just being hyper-efficient on pick and rolls, attacking the rim. That's what it is. Um, again, He's the most talented player the Nets could possibly get. Now, I think to get him, though, the Nets would have to give up more than just like some second round pick. Like they may have to think about, I don't know, not Kessler Edwards, not Cam Tom. Like you'd have to think about maybe giving up something juicier. I don't even know what they would, like Dayron Sharp or something. And that's no, pretty juicy. No one, that's pretty juicy, Mike. That's I too know, juicy. That's too juicy. Too much juice. Um, sure next one. And we'll go quickly for these last few. Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant has only played seven games this year. Another wizard returning from an ACL tear. Seven and three so far this year. A lot of whiz on this list, by the way, Mike. Just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, where do I scout? Yeah. It's my scouting territory. (laughs) They're sort of a farm league team. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Thomas Bryant's been a good three-point shooter over his career. 36% from three. Um, he had a really good like first 20 games last year. He was shooting 40% from three. He's a stretch five, but not much of a defender either. Somewhat exciting. DeLon Wright from the Hawks, 18 minutes per game, shooting 46, 42, and 81. The problem is he's becoming like a key part of the Hawks bench recently, and that's been charging their turnaround of late. So I don't know about him. And finally, Robin Lopez, mm. our brother. My guy. 19 minutes per game with the horrible Orlando Magic, averaging eight and four. He's a just a big. He needs dude. to be rescued from that team. I I feel like of all the people, like he he is the best option for both need reasons and also like he truly doesn't have any intention for having a ceiling. Like he just was like I he's like I really want to just fit into your system <laughs> for the brief time that I'm with you. Um, that is where. And and look at these numbers. These are respectable numbers for a guy who's truly got no intention of like being anywhere long term or having a real offensive ceiling. I, for me, like in terms of need, need, I'm a Rolo guy. Count me in, Mike. Yeah, I think the other thing, like I don't know, I forget how much money he's making, but he's one of the guys making the least amount of money on this list. Of course, like always, the Nets are. I think it's unlikely 
we listed the guys who they could fit into this trade exception. Is he really all that less impactful than Jeremy Lamb? I think he makes half as much money as Jeremy Lamb, which means he's going to cost half as less with luxury tax and all that stuff. I tend to think I, I like the idea of a Lopez brother on this team. The narrative good works. Vibes. Finally, good vibes, finally get a Lopez a ring he in could, Brooklyn. He could join a team that doesn't have a mascot. Which you know he famously mm. hates all masks. That is, there's so maybe, a. It's like finally he's like, this is part of the, this is the brand that fits my brand. <laughs> I don't, I hate the mascot. They don't have one. Interesting. Um, and he, I mean, he's a legit big man. So as much as we want, did we ever get? And sorry to interrupt. Did we ever get an explanation for why the Brooklyn Knight got got yoinked? Like we never. He's just like under the shadow of night. He was. He was canceled. He got canceled. Did he? Did he? Was an off color tweet? Have you seen his tweets? <laughs> have you seen his tweets? Jeez. I did not. Sorry. Can I mention one final thing, please? Can I, and this is like a uh, this is a real conspiracy theory. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. end of the show. There's a way to really leave people off. We're about end. to be done. Yeah. Okay. So there was a lot of conversation about a year ago when James Harden was traded to the Brooklyn Nets that Tillman Fertitta did not want to trade Harden to Philly, and the reporting has now come out that Tillman Fertitta went to Harden. And said to Harden, where would you want to go? Philly or Brooklyn? We have offers. We'll think about where you want to go. And Harden said, I want to be in Brooklyn, which is another reason why you should be less concerned about, you know, a deal happening where he goes to Brooklyn or where he goes to Philly. Okay. Who, what did Daryl Morey Morey famously do before, what was it, the 2019 season? He tweeted the Hong, the famous Hong Kong tweet, Mm. right? Mm. and it destroyed the NBA's relationship in China. I'm not saying whatever I agree with. I'm just, that's what happened. Um, Which owner in U.S. pro sports was the loudest against what Daryl Morey said? Wow. Do you remember? His name starts with Joe, and his his name ends in Cy. Wow. Joe Cy, as is his right, came out and had that really long Facebook post explaining why Westernist intervention in the Chinese-Hong Kong relationship is, at least from his viewpoint, something to be, something that people are very emotional about. Uh, Joe Tsai was the loudest of all U.S. pro sports owners about the Mori controversy. Again, as is his right. Um, and I would guess... That Josai, who is very involved with this team, if you notice in the Woj article, Woj lists Josai before Sean Marks as the people who are reassured that James Harden's going to be here. I, I know that James Harden could force his way to Philly. He could. And he, and he could leave Josai no decisions. But I'm going to guess Josai would very much not like to give Daryl Morey James Harden. And that Josai would do almost anything he can not to help Daryl Morey Someone who he vehemently disagrees with the way that the person communicated, regardless of however anyone feels uh, about the issues. I'm going to guess Josiah personally would not be like, oh, yeah, I don't a year later. I'm not going to or two years later. I'm not going to give two S's about uh, helping Daryl Morey, a guy who I publicly called out in a, a searing Facebook post. So as much as we like to emphasize that Tillman Fertitta didn't help Daryl Morey, wow. I actually think Joe Sai is in the power rankings higher. Wow. So great call. Mind. 
Nice call, Mike. Great conspiracy. Thank you so much for listening, Brian. Oh, it was a pleasure to be here where you were holding court. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that's great. Great show. This is a great Friday night episode. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back in yours as soon as possible. The Nets play the Warriors on Saturday? Saturday I night? I believe so. Um, and we'll have so much more basketball to discuss. Oh, yeah. That'll be big. Um, <clears throat> find us on Twitter spaces because we're doing those more often. Yeah, true, true. We got to get that going. Thanks, everybody. Happy Kegel, guys. Nets Daily Athletic. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.